0: Clearly, we're not spinning through space at however many stupid miles an hour. Where, where do you think we're actually living?
1: Well, we're living in a, a massive torus field. Simple. Everything is torus fields. There's no other form.
0: Okay. So I've seen your, your some of your work on that. How how can you explain that to somebody who um, is you know a glo- a global earth sort of person? Um, You know, is there a way to explain that for a person who even doesn't know what a Taurus sort of looks like or any of that?
1: How do you explain to people? Well, I would say read the ancient Greeks and Babylonians in particular, those two, and read how they explain that the Earth's Taurus field solar system universe is suspended in water... Air, they don't know. It's not space, but it's water or air. They were arguing for centuries, the Greeks. What is the earth suspended in? Is it water as Solon and all the really ancient Greek, like uh, Hesiod said it was, or the new guys like um, Anaximedes and all of these other sort of more towards plato and pythagoras era um they were saying it's it's air so i mean gravity as they teach it is hocus pocus um so but things do suspend in our solar system in the air we We can do that. We've got what's called anti-gravity devices, have had all the time. We've had them all the time. So we know how to defy, we know how to suspend something and keep it in the air like that, just like that. So if we know how to do it, I'm pretty sure the creator knows how to do it.
0: Well, yes. I mean, that's an interesting way to put it. I mean, it seems to me that gravity is a description of density. If if you've got a kilo of helium, in, in, a, in a bottle that is going to uh, go downwards. But if you free that helium into a balloon, it's going to go upwards. So it seems that density is what gravity could be explained as, do you think?
1: Well, it is. It's density. I'm denser than the air. Therefore, um, I'm going to be going in this direction, down toward the Earth. Helium is lighter than this medium, the air. And it goes that way. And gravity's got nothing at all to say about it. Gravity just sits there and goes, uh, well, um, yeah, uh, we can't uh, do anything about helium and hydrogen and all of these light gases uh, because, well, we don't really exist. <laughs> You know, so it's absolutely fucking ridiculously ludicrous that people can't understand the density of the medium. If I'm in water, I'm going to float and I'm going to move slowly because it's a thicker medium. It's denser than air. In air, I can do this. I can move, I can eat, I can sleep. I can run, breathe, and live. So I'm heavier than the air, duh. Well, then I'm going to go down and stick to the earth. It's density and buoyancy, density and buoyancy. If you're going to use gravitation, I don't mind the word gravity. It exists. The word exists. But the theory of Isaac Newton, well, that's a theory. Exactly. And and if we take that seriously like a fact, then we are a fucking idiot. I'm sorry to use that beautiful
0: French word. So so um so, uh, can I ask you a couple of relative questions? How far yep. away do you think the sun is?
1: It ranges between 100 miles and 3,000 miles. Now, that's very, very... (laughs) um, I I guess you could say vague, but no one knows. Because how high is a rainbow?
0: Well... If it was 100 miles away, would, would you not be able to triangulate it in some way from the Earth?
1: Well you, well, you can, but not to, to the very, um, you know, millimeter or mile. You can't right. because, yeah, because what you're tra- what you're triangulating is not physically there. Right. Okay. It's like the rainbow. You know, you can't triangulate. Has anyone ever triangulated a rainbow? no clearly not because you can't because it's not there you're you're seeing it but it's not there right so the the sun is the same it's a condensed rainbow in a a round not spherical in a round shape because that is how it appears to our eyes but it's not round it's hexagonal and it is a portal It's not a thing. It's a portal. A portal is a door, you know, a doorway is a doorway, a thing, Um, you know, can you uh, uh, grab a doorway and put it in your pocket and save it for later? No, because it's, it's the doorway, the surrounding of the doorway is there, but what you walk through is just a place that you walk through. You can't, you can't um, reify it because it's um, it's not physically there, It's if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's not something that you can uh, make something out of, you know, use the parts to make something else with, etc. I mean, you get the idea.
0: I get, I get the idea. With, with the moon... It seems to me that it's self-illuminating because you can often see the sun and the moon and the sky at the same time in the daytime and it's like there's no nothing in the way. You'd think, therefore, that the sun, if it were lighting up the moon, you'd see a full moon at those times. It wouldn't go from crescent moon through to full and back again. Which makes me think, well, if, if you don't see a full moon all the time, when you see both luminaries in the sky at the same time, then surely the moon must self-illuminate.
1: Everything is self-illuminating. Every atom, every sun, moon, star, planet, whatever you whatever you know, the the um, whatever your vocabulary uh, potential is, all those words you've got in your head. Of items that you've seen and named and identified are all self-luminous. The moon acts more like it is concave than convex. So when you see that crescent on the inside there, and then you see nothing,
0: you don't see any rock. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I haven't thought about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, well, it's 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 it has a little bit of concavity to it. And so what happens is. The part that that is lighting up, that crescent, that's the outer part of the um. What what your eye sees is the uh, the atoms. I don't know which what kind of atoms they would be. There'd be carbon. There'd be it is plasma, It's the moon is plasma, but what elements are in that? Uh, I don't know, I suppose copper, co- uh, copper or iron, um, um, stuff like that. But um, what you're seeing is the part on the inside of the concave moon that is lighting up. You're seeing like this part here, and then it grows as the sun's angle causes they say the ancients that the sun causes the moon to illuminate it's because of the sun and only the sun that we can see the moon's luminosity otherwise we wouldn't see it like we don't see There are other planets out there that we can't see because the luminosity is not of the frequency that our eye can capture.
0: And how far away do you think the moon and the other luminaries are?
1: Well, the moon is in our, uh, under the firmament, which is, I would say, the outer wall of our atmosphere, which has seven spheres in it. We have a thermosphere, stratosphere, mesosphere, ionosphere, uh, ozone layer, and, well, atmosphere. But there are seven of these spheres, and, and they are spheres because they are surrounding the Earth spherically. And like Russian nested dolls, um, they protect the earth. And then the outer firmament is the major protection field around the earth. And the earth is the plane of inertia, planet of inertia in the middle of the torus field. It's a massive, massive creation. It's one of the most marvellous of all the creations of the creator. In fact, all the angels, it says, when the earth was created, they all applauded. There was a, there was a, 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 a glorious, sonoph- soniferous orchestra of a symphony of glory The day that this earth was constructed. And it was constructed in such a way that it will never, ever, 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 ever move. Well, that's what the scriptures, all of them say. The earth was made to be firm, terra firma, and stable for. Eternity, it's never moved a millimetre since the day it was created, not a millimetre.
0: Are we growing because we're creating more people or is that just changing the energy of one consciousness, like a plant or something into us?
1: Well, we're living in an interesting time because the one has fragmented or expanded into many forms. We are still that one. We are still Christ and Krishna, whatever you want to call him. It doesn't matter, but we're still that one. But we're different now to that one, although we are still one. It's like, um, okay, you get married and you are so one with your partner, everything, you finish each other's sentences off, you love doing the same things, you're always together, and you just act as one, you turn, she turns, she wears blue, you wear blue, it's just a phenomenal thing that some people have these relationships where they are more one than two, if you know what I mean, so when it comes to god we will all we will always be god we can't you can't detach yourself from god and you can't say that you know I, I don't know who god is i i don't care i don't know whether he exists or whether he doesn't if you say that you're just saying st- stupid drivel because it's you with difference so at this very present moment god has differentiated into many many forms but some of those forms won't survive and it, it doesn't want them to survive. They're too stupid. Um, they are the chattel and the sheeple that run off and go, oh, the doctors, the the government said I've, I've got to take this medita- med- medication or I won't be able to eat or work or do anything. So I'll just go ahead and obey the government and um, everything should be good and then I'll be free. Um, these people are so... Fucking stupid that they deserve to die, because that's what's going to happen. They will die.
0: If you put yourself in the planet's position, or God, or whatever, then you know what what would a sensible move be? You know, I feel that we are exactly as you say, one, just experiencing that tree outside is experiencing oneness as the tree. I'm experiencing oneness as me. It's just infinite possibility the one wants to experience the infinite
1: yeah i mean um i hear different teachers and all kinds of truthers saying this every day i don't know of a day that goes past where i don't where i don't hear that we are all one and we know this we know it but somehow we also forget it
0: I'd I think love it depends to... if you've experienced it and experienced it enough times that it's you know what it is now.
1: Well, this is the thing. I experience it every day because I'm connected to that one. I've never, ever since I was child, I've never been detached from that one. That one is always there. I always feel the presence of that one. I cannot remove it. It's there, and it's watching me. I'm watching myself. See, I'm talking here. Now, the only reason I can speak intelligently is because of that awareness. See, people who are detached from that one and talk, they sound like fools. They are mere intellectuals. They are not intelligent. An intellectual is not an intelligent individual an intellectual can be a stupid jackass but you can intellectualize so the point i'm making is that when we work with that one and watch ourselves all the time see i'm watching what i'm saying i'm not just saying stuff and whatever comes out i'm watching it i'm monitoring it I'm making sure that I sound articulate and intelligent and logical and cohesive. I'm doing all of that at once. I'm listening to what you're saying and what you're not saying. I'm thinking of your audience and how they're going to accept this knowledge and whether they think I'm arrogant or confident or stupid or intelligent. And all of those things are always crossing my mind as I speak and do things. Therefore, I don't have to sit and meditate in the dark corner, <laughs> yeah, you know, for a half or an hour every day. I'm doing it all the time. That's my lifestyle. You don't. You don't say to a a, a gypsy flamenco player, oh, you you need to um, you need to live your experience. You don't say to a bluesman, ah. Uh, Do you know the blues lifestyle? Because you can't be a blues musician if you're not living the blues lifestyle. There's a whole lifestyle that goes with being a blues musician. And if you don't live it, you're not an authentic blues musician or flamenco or jazz. Every different genre genre of music creates a subculture and that has its own mindset. Think of the the rappers. Think of the dark, uh, the the underground music scene. Think think of the uh, death metal crowd. I mean, I don't, I haven't met many death metal people, but I don't know what I'd talk about. I'd be like, uh, so you listen to that shit, do you? (laughs) And um, you call it music? Uh, I don't. I call it a bunch of crap so you know but they've got their own egregore controlling their thoughts they don't have any original thoughts
0: they've also found probably a frequency of anger of you know disappointment of frustration in the music and they're resonating with those frequencies you know because they haven't they don't know they're lost maybe they haven't
1: Yeah, because their evolution is so low. They think they're actually high because they've got that music and it's rebellious and they're cool because they're not like the sheeple, but they're another kind of sheeple and more stupid than the sheeple that they condemn because they think they're so intelligent because they're listening to thrash metal and death metal and music that sounds like a bunch of apes taking a shit.
0: Ah, That was a big poop.
1: And they listen to that music. They listen to guys going, what kind of baboons are these people? Fucking freaks. But they're there. And they live their lifestyle. They're angry. They're debauched. They're reprobates. They're degenerates. And they're in our midst.
0: Yeah, it's yes, quite. So, we've wiped out most of the population. How, how optimistic are you that things are going to end up uh, rather well and what do you think the time frame is? I mean, I can see some really quite good outcomes from everything, um, Yeah, actually. You know, on one level there's only one thing wrong, which is psychopaths running the place. I mean, and there are that's any- right. There yeah, aren't right. that many of them, and you know the, the, every country has got a mountain of servants, you know, civil servants who've just forgotten the definition of the word servant.
1: Well, actually, um, <clears throat> interesting that you should say servant because they're not servants.
0: They're, they're oppressors. They've taken. Well. Well, see, the
1: officers and ministers, it's been changed. We used to have servants. We used to have police service. Now we have police officers and the ministry of police. So the ecclesiastical Roman Vatican Holy Courier, Holy See, Roman Courier, Holy See Club of Rome has taken over all the services, the de jure constitutional services and turn them into offices. An office is ecclesiastical. And ministries, ministry of defense, ministry of health, uh, ministry of um, foreign diplomacy, whatever. They're all ministries because the Vatican with Unidroit have taken over the world, and they are the New World Order, and they are the oppressors.
0: Yes. And what's going to be done about that? Is there an answer to that?
1: Well, we're doing it now. We're doing it by our awakening brother.
0: Yes. I saw the Pope speak once. At the Vatican, and he comes out on the balcony. So I was really quite young, and I was super shocked. There, there were it was quite crowded. The whole sort of you know circle was pretty much filled up, mainly with nuns. And (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. They were having orgasms. (laughs) They were in ecstasy listening to him. It was quite bizarre. I was quite taken aback. It wasn't what I was expecting at all.
1: Well, you know, because, yeah, because it was demons, de- perverted demons, causing them to have what they think is a transcendental, holy experience. But the nuns are just being demonized and the, the demons are perverts. So they will stimulate the sexuality of the individual rather than the spirituality. They are two different worlds, two different bodies, and they should not be mixed.
0: So um, how can people overcome the hypnosis that's being given to them? I mean, they're not going to... I mean, they're getting hypnotized. There'll be news and I mean, the people who are in the mainstream, watching the mainstream media are totally brainwashed, aren't they? Mind controlled, another word. I mean, can you see a way out of that to get people out of that?
1: Yeah. The, um, the corporate media outlets, they're going to be shut down. They're going to the people are just going to shut them down yeah they they will be removed and all of these um, reporters and presenters they're not they're not news anymore they are entertainment
0: well they bought and paid for like most companies <clears throat> these days i mean you know they're the primary advertiser it used to be the pharmaceutical industry but now it's governments for newspapers and presumably the media is 100 percent propaganda um, But yeah, take just like they used to storm the the TV stations and the old revolutionary movies, taking over the media is probably the only way.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do it. That's that's coming. It's (laughs) the writing's on the wall. It's um, it's only a matter of time. There's there's no way they can continue spewing out lights. No one believes them. No one really, really listens to them that has a shred of intelligence. We're talking about really, really stupid, stupid, dumb, dumb, moronic people that actually believe anything that Channel 9 and Channel 10 and Channel 7 and CBS and whatever are telling them. Only the stupidest of the stupid are actually watching those channels, (laughs) rest assured.
0: Yes, it's unfortunate, it's just so many of them. So, where are you in the world right now?
1: I'm in Quintana Roo, Mexico.
0: Oh, right, nice. And you're going up to an archipelago. Sorry? You going up to go to anacapulco
1: No, that's on the other side. It's too far. No. for me. I
0: like Mexico. What's it, what's it like been like for
1: you? Uh, Mexico's been great for me. Great. I've had a few bad things happen, but um, in all, um, this is the place where I want to be. I'll be. I'll stay here forever. I'm. I'm not going away from Mexico. <laughs> it's just too good. Mexico is just too good.
0: I bet uh, somebody told me a, fu- a funny thing the other day. They said, well, which would you prefer? Uh, a government run by a criminal cartel like most governments are or a government ru- run by a drug cartel? And the, the difference is that at least a government uh, run by a drug contel- cartel doesn't force you to take their drugs.
1: That's right. Yeah, the cart. The cartel here is keeping the government in check, which is giving the people a certain amount of freedom which they don't really realise they've got. Uh, Mexicans are very obedient and they're all going around with their masks on and not questioning things. But in the back of their mind, they know there's something wrong with it. They just don't want to cause trouble. They really don't want confrontation. They just want to live free. They just want to live their lives, do their work, and be happy. That's all they want. They're not complicated people. They're very, very simple. Very simple.
0: And have you been up to Turan to see what, what the zone up there is like? No. Um, I, I know quite a few people who have uh, lived there and visited it. And... Um, I mean, it's an interesting example of how the people can take their sovereignty back and chuck the government and the police and the army and the drug cartels out and get away with it now, for 13 years or something? They've been an autonomous zone. I met some of the leaders of Chiran when I was in Mexico and I asked them, well, why haven't the government taken Chiran back? And they said, well, they don't dare because the whole state is so rebellious that if they made a play to take Turan back that um, uh, the whole state might rebel. Uh, you, you know the story about the logging and, and how the Chiran thing started?
1: Is that in Chiapas?
0: It is. Um, I can't remember quite where it is. Sort of uh, west from Mexico City and up a bit, I think. But Turan, C-H-E-R-A-N. Yeah, I've heard of it, but... Um... But the story that they told me, was that about 13 years ago, or maybe maybe more now, I can't remember, probably a bit more, um, it was so corrupt that it was one of the most dangerous towns to be in. Even if you weren't a drug dealer, it was dangerous. And there were people coming in with machine guns and trucks, coming down the forest and stealing it, with the blessing of the corrupt government and the army and the police. So the women armed themselves to the teeth and threw out the police at gunpoint. Then they threw out the army at gunpoint, they threw out the politicians at gunpoint, and some of the drug cartel guys left. The ones who didn't got killed. They put a sniper up in a, in a bell tower and picked them off until the drug cartels left, and crime essentially stopped. They put roadblocks on on the roads in and out of the area, and if they ask you questions like, are you a politician, and if you say yes, they won't let you in. And so, everything's changed. Um, Life has changed dramatically. And apparently a few people on a Saturday night might get drunk and do something silly, but crime as such has ended. They're running their own affairs. Um, And uh, there are three other autonomous zones as well in Mexico.
1: Yeah, I know about them. Um, Yeah, uh, they're fed up with the governments and they've taken things to their own hands. There's even a couple of states which um, do exercise uh, a measure of sovereignty, but again, still corruption has um, worked its way into those states and changed them a little bit so that they're they're now complying and doing things that they wouldn't normally do.
0: Yeah, well, at least you know there's hope in Mexico. That I um, when all the time I was in Mexico, I didn't see any chemtrails, which was different to most other parts of the world. Have you seen chemtrails at all?
1: Yeah, here in Quintana Roo, there's chemtrails once every ten days. You'll see the the, the um, spraying um, because here is tourists. Oh, see. So they like to um,
0: remind them of home. Exactly. Yeah. What about the insect thing where you are? Is, is, are the insects ever a problem? No, not for me. Well, that's good. But where I was the only problem was uh, accidentally meeting a scorpion when you didn't want to you know, pick up the, 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 you know, to clean the sofa, pick, pick up the cushions and quite often there'd be a, like a, a rather nasty scorpion just waiting there. You go hunting for them with with blue lights. Where were you? I was, um, uh, I stayed in a few places over a a few years going to an Acapulco. So I was mainly in the Acapulco type.
1: All right.
0: It was quite nice. I could have, if I hadn't been for kids and stuff, I could have easily just moved in permanently there.
1: Everything in Mexico is nice. Um, It's like Australia, it's got deserts, it's got mountains, it's got snow, it's got beaches. It's um, to me, um, the countryside is reminiscent of back home, but the culture is um, way deeply, deeply ingrained and still intact. The indigenous people, they still know all their languages and rituals and ceremonies, and they still practice them. So it's a blessing to be here in Mexico. Mexico is one of the three most spiritual and advanced nations in the world um, from ancient times, like Egypt, India, and Mexico for me are the Meccas. They're not spread out. They're not um, losing their tradition. Some are, some are being decimated, but um, the Mayans here, for instance, they're all community-minded. Um, they're all, community minded. They're all uh, very, very together, very together people.
0: And, you know, from the little I saw from a health perspective, there still seemed to be a, a certain respect in some places for sort of the, the herbal traditions and so on. Have you seen a lot of oh, stuff here and there?
1: They know all their herbs. They know all their homeopathic treatments. Oh, yeah, they are right on all of that they have not lost any knowledge
0: and any particular herbs that you've come across that perhaps aren't well enough known about if known about at all that you can suggest
1: not by name but uh i've got a bag of herbs mine herbs there's about 20 different herbs in there and um the that's to for sleep so it induces um you know a uh, sleep-like state and then it's easy to get a good night's sleep but i drink those those herbs and it's very important to do that wherever you are you eat the food the local food wherever you are
0: yes quite um the local foods in England tend to be fish and chips, deep <laughs> in um, some very unpleasant, unnatural oil.
1: So, <laughs> I know, it's like eating dog poo.
0: It's um, uh, where where I live has um, suddenly got an organic shop, so it's, it's suddenly become a dream to live here. Whereas before, it was quite quite difficult to find real food. I used to have an organic farm for 10 years, and, uh, but that was out in Spain. And, uh, that was fantastic. We had spring water off the grid, growing food. Ah, uh, so you lived in Spain? I used to, now I'm back in England. The children
1: nice, you would have loved Spain.
0: It's 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 like Mexico light, yeah for sure so waking people up uh, the problem is they've got to deal with their sort of toxic shame that if they do wake up and have to admit that everything they've ever been taught is wrong is a very difficult thing for people to do I've just been talking with group of people who, who are rebels on roundabouts. You know, we've come across rebels on roundabouts. There, are All sorts of groups have spun off from that, like banners on bridges, and basically it's just people taking it up on themselves, or in small groups, to uh, start protesting by the side of the road with lots of signs. And we were discussing, well, what what can you tell people that actually they care? because. And what it really comes down to is, I think, uh, maybe explain to people that the risk is global domination by you know, people who want a one-world currency, and trying to appeal to the fact that suddenly they're going to—they're you know, losing their freedom. They're already doing that. They're losing money. Maybe is one of the ways to get people to wake up. Do you realise what's going to happen if you know the social credit system comes in? How poor you're going to be. I mean, I don't know. I'm still looking for answers to eight people up. I don't, know. I don't know if you've got any good ones.
1: Well, um, I, it's it's neither here nor there because um, we, we're going to... Um, what Did you have a question?
0: No, not not really. Um, yeah, most people I interview tend to be quite pessimistic at the moment and i'm trying to be hugely optimistic
1: well we don't we we don't have any other choice but to be optimistic because in the end we win whether we win the war against the controllers or not doesn't matter we win because we've stood up against them and we're not sheeple so we're winners and we're going to stay winners and we're going to go to the place where winners go when we leave these bodies and they will be losers forever. So it really doesn't matter whether we win now, whether there's bloodshed, whether people die in them billions, whether the controllers kill everybody, doesn't matter because when you make your stand, you align with the higher evolution And that's where you go. You go there. You go to the best place by your best actions now. Now is how you make a better place later.
0: (laughs) I, I tend to think that. I mean, possibly you've had the same experiences, but I've found myself at places that are beyond death. And so from that situation, it doesn't death doesn't become a frightening thing anymore. And when I was 15, I I found myself floating on the ceiling, looking down at myself. And uh, I was in the middle of doing some exams, which I hated, and suddenly I was free. It was like just a fantastic on the fucking ceiling. And uh, the worst thing that's happened is I suddenly found myself back in my body again. Very disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. But I started having some out-of-body experiences and discovered different places that you might go, which was uh, interesting.
1: Right. Well, that's a blessing. I've had that experience as well. And um, I think everybody gets one or two of those Um, as a reminder, you know, as a... It's a natural occurrence for people to be able to see outside of their bodies what they actually look like and what is important, what isn't important, because in that space, you have all access to all thoughts. So you know what you're looking at and you know the limitations of the individual in the flesh that you're looking at and how they are limiting themselves and how they are making bad decisions and everything like that. So it helps you to take a different course in life. Now you start um, seeing things on a different frequency like you didn't before.
0: There's fantastic wildlife going on outside my my window, which is distracting me slightly. I put up- Yeah,
1: I've I've got the same problem back here. There's, I live on a busy street and there's always someone (laughs) stopping in the front of my house all the time and having a loud conversation sometimes in the night i don't know why they don't go to someone else's house or maybe they are there and maybe they're everywhere but it seems to me <laughs> that they all like to stop in front of my house i don't know what what it is about my place and uh you know have a drunk um you know uh conversation about nothing you know all sorts of laughing and carrying on and it's just um it's sad for me it's sad because I think to to myself people have to get drunk and full of food they have to be gluttons and then and then they're laughing at silly jokes and that's that's it that's uh what makes them tick and be happy wow I'm glad I am me. I'm really glad that I am me.
0: Well, that's that's it with the world. So many people just have had all their inspiration and intuition and creativity smashed out of them by school, and they have lost why they're here. They've forgotten forgotten the whole reason they signed up for the adventure, so to speak.
1: Yeah, they've forgotten themselves, of course. They've detached themselves from source. And um, it's all about the trauma. Um, when they come into the world, they get a spanking, they get a needle, they get stuck in an incubator, they um, get, um, you know, uh, powdered milk because mothers aren't really supposed to breastfeed their children because that's old. We don't do that anymore. We've got cans of shit that we can give children now, babies. And it's got all these things on it. Look at the label. Let's see. Look, it's got this and that and mother's milk doesn't have all this. So, you know, the kids, and then they get circumcised. Children don't even know what's going on. They get all this pain. They get needles. They get circumcised. They get Pulled out of their mothers with these, what do they call them, bice, biceps or whatever? Force. They, huh?
0: Forceps. Except, except now most Force. birds are, most birds uh, are where it's not a vaginal birth because when they sell the stem cells from placenta and the umbilical cord, they don't. They they uh, they want to do a cesarean because that comes out sterile. In in Brazil now, it's something like. Uh, 85% of all, all births are now caesareans.
1: And why do they do that?
0: Because um, they believe that the baby, I mean, the, a baby's meant to go through the vaginal canal so it picks up all the friendly bacteria from mum and is protected for the rest of its life. But they believe, this is what I'm told, that if they just extract it with caesarean, then it hasn't had, been through that process so essentially it comes out sterile so they can steal the stem cells. I mean, it's... Right. A, a satanic type of thing that's going on in hospitals. I mean, it's, yep. it's incredible. And did you know that babies have language on the day they're born?
1: Yeah, Of course, of course they do.
0: Yeah. The um, I've got a uh, you may, maybe you, you know about it, but I've got a club called the Secret Health Club where there's all sorts of this sort of information, like how to. Hear what your baby's saying on the, on the day it's born, how to recognize the sounds with lots of examples. There's another one I put up where I interviewed a friend of mine who's a, a psychic and she teaches children how to see without their eyes. So, complete eye
1: I've seen that.
0: Yeah. I mean, just incredible. And often it's five minutes just to teach them how to use this other method of sight. Beautiful. You know, I, I yeah. was in ophthalmic Optics years ago, and I was reading then, this is 40 years ago, about Russian children who are blind, who are trained to see with their fingertips. <laughs> and there seem to be all sorts of ways to, you know, I don't know, find a psychological way to, exp- to open children up to what they have but don't realise.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, children have many, many, many amazing abilities, uh, which we laugh at. Actually, we we giggle and think that um, they're too uh, they're too uh, reduced in consciousness to be able to be actually um, making any real, real sense in the real big logical adult world. But um, yeah, that's why Jesus said, if you don't become as these children, you will not enter God's kingdom. So don't think you intellectuals, uh, you Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees and lawyers, don't think that you're going to anywhere pl- place because, um, you know, we're protecting the good place for good people. And you thugs, there's a special place for you. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: When I was young, maybe about ten or eleven, I had an experience that might interest you. What happened was, I was out in very, very clear water, you could see the fish, as in the Bahamas, and super clear you could see the fish, and we had a bucket with a glass bottom so you could put the bucket in the water and you could see everything crystal clear. And there's me and somebody else in a small dinghy with two fishing rods. And I'd had huge problems with this because we had live, uh, bait um, and I had to put the live wriggling thing on, on the, the hook which I hated doing and but I was dreading taking the hook out of the fish's mouth just dreading it. The person I was with, he didn't give a shit, he didn't care he was looking forward to eating them, Right, he catches 20 fish and I'm 10, you know, let's switch must be your fishing rod, switch fishing rods and immediately you could see what's happening, the fish see that he's no longer touching the fishing rod and move to the rod that I was previously holding. Right? We did this all afternoon and you know, what I caught was sunstroke and he caught a whole bundle of fish and the only conclusion I could come to is the fish were reading my mind, that the fish knew that he was happy to catch fish and they were literally giving themselves up to him you might say, but they absolutely were not going to give themselves up to me and that that was sort of a quite a wake up experience. Yeah! Wow. Well, I mean, and I also realised I certainly wasn't capable of reading their minds. You know? mm. And it was just literally the touch, down a thin bit of whatever nylon or whatever it was. So yeah, funny old place the world.
1: It's a funny old place, man. It's because it's stranger than we can think. It's not stranger than we think. It's stranger than we can think.
0: That's quite.
1: Yeah. All right, brother, we'll... Um... Uh,
0: perhaps at another time we could talk about some things that people could do health-wise because there are ways... In the last year, I've had all sorts of people who have... Come off, come off addictive substances, of, of all types, really easily, including your know, medications, where normally they might suffer for a month or something if they want to stop.
1: Um, oh,
0: that'll there, be there a great... number of things like that that I can talk about, which people sort of need to know.
1: That'll be a great conversation. I'll be in that. I've got a lot of good, good information. Cool.